Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It OD Podcast and happy Monday. This is the first episode of 2022 and what a better way to kick off the new year than with an admissions episode. Today I have with me Dr. Caroline Major. She's an associate professor and the director of residency programs at Northeastern State University, Oklahoma College of Optometry. So if you want to learn more about Northeastern State University, Oklahoma College of Optometry, and the expanded scope of practice in the state of Oklahoma, you've come to the right place, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, Dr. Major, thank you so much for being our guest today. Um, So we're going to get started with this episode here, talking a little bit about um, the admissions process at Northeastern University. Um, So... What are you guys looking for in an applicant? I know um, your program is quite competitive with um, a limited amount of seats. So when you're scanning through your applications, um, what stands out? What can an applicant do um, to their application in order for um, them to stand out um, to your admissions committee? Yeah, first of all, I'd just like to thank you for inviting me to this uh, podcast today. Really appreciate it and allowing us to highlight our program Um, When we're looking at potential applicants, we definitely do weigh academics pretty heavily as part of the uh, application, like the GPA uh, OAT scores and the overall grades, particularly on the prerequisite courses or the things that we really consider. But we want to see that an applicant is well-rounded and really a people person, that they have some volunteer work, extracurricular activities, and or perhaps some prior work experience like a technician in an optometry practice or something like that. Awesome. So um, do you guys have like dead set cutoffs for GPA or for OAT scores? Um, We do have a cutoff for GPA, which is 2.7. Our most recent classes have a GPA that ranges from about 3.5 to 3.75. We don't have a specific cutoff with regards to our OAT scores, but we do uh, prefer that you have a score of 300 or above in the academic average and the total science portions with no subsection of the OAT being below 270. And then for prerequisite courses, they need to be completed with a letter grade of C or higher. Awesome. And for prerequisite courses, um, are you allowed to apply with some of them being planned or um, in progress? I'm so sorry, I don't know the answer to that specific question. (laughs) No, no problem. Um, So, Aside from the OAT, do you guys accept other um, um, standardized tests or just the OAT? We do. So uh, students have the option to take the MCAT or the DAT in lieu of the OAT, but uh, we definitely prefer that the OAT be the uh, standardized test taken. Um, And then you must have one of those exams completed and have scores before we invite you for an interview. Awesome. Okay. So um, for as far as the interview process goes, um, this year, are you guys um, holding virtual or in-person interviews? Um, We're still just doing in-person interviews, and they would be held here in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And each applicant will have three one-on-one interviews with members of the admissions committee. So we really want to get familiar with you and also want you to get familiar with us. And I think having an in-person experience Um, is really critical to understanding uh, what our program has to offer and critical for us to get to know you as well. Um, During that interview process, we also um, have an opportunity for the prospective student to talk with a current student 
so that you know they can answer any questions they may have about student life and just talk to them about what their experience has been like at the school to ensure that it's really a good fit for them. Absolutely. And then finally, you know, we want to make sure that the student gets a, a thorough tour of all our clinic and academic facilities. Okay, um, so you talked a little bit about like the um, portions of the interview day. So um, what's kind of the schedule like? So do you interview one-on-one um, -on -one with the three faculty members first and then you go on the tour? What's kind of the expectation? Like if you are invited to um, interview, um, what time do you get there? Like how long is it? Um, kind of, you know, what, what is expected of an interview day um, at Northeastern um, State University? Sure, so uh, I believe most of the one-on-one -on -one interviews occur first and then you meet with the student and then lastly, um, we have the tour, but um, depending on how many applicants are interviewing, that uh, may vary. Awesome, okay. And for the interview, is that an open or closed file or a mixture of both? Um, interviews are all open files so that the admissions committee does review the applicants, um, all their information prior to the interview. Awesome. Okay. So after you've completed an interview um, at Oklahoma College of Optometry, um, what's kind of expected? Like, what are the next steps? Do you get feedback whether or not, you know, the outcome was congratulations, um, you've, got, you've been accepted, or unfortunately, we are not able to offer you a seat? Do you get feedback regardless? And what's the turnaround time um, that students should um, kind of expect? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, we will give you feedback either way. It typically takes us a couple of weeks, which just gives the admissions committee some time to discuss the interview and you know the rest of the applicant's file. Um, if a student is offered a seat in the upcoming class, they will then be asked to submit a supplemental application. And then there's a $1,000 deposit, which will then later be applied towards their tuition. Okay, um, so, sorry. <laughs> So when um, students do accept that, are they automatically considered for scholarships or do they have to apply um, for said scholarships if there are any available? Um, yeah, here at the school, we don't have a lot of scholarships upon entering the program, but we do have a lot of scholarships available once you're a current student in the program. Um, and there's a list of all the scholarships and how to apply on our website. Awesome. And uh, one last question. So do you guys operate on a rolling admissions basis since your um, class size is super small or um, does everyone get notified just kind of all at once? Uh, I believe it's rolling, but I would have to ask our admissions that specific question. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. Sorry. Yeah, I just thought about it. Um, so thought I would ask, but um, I'll include it in the um, episode description whenever I get an answer. I appreciate that. Okay, so um, that's it for admissions. Um, but now we're going to talk about the program, um, very highly competitive program. So we need to talk mm -hmm. about it. Um, so if you just want to start by giving us just a brief overview of what the OD program um, entails at Oklahoma um, College of Optometry. Yeah, so our Doctor of Optometry degree is based on our NSU Tahlequah campus. And the program is four years of intensive doctoral training um, that's going to prepare students to become effective members of a comprehensive healthcare team. And uh, the future optometric physician is trained to diagnose and treat a wide variety of eye and vision problems at the primary care level. And in addition, they learn to identify and assist in managing a wide variety of non-ocular systemic conditions. 
And uh, NSU OCO's premier clinical education provides extensive hands-on experience in patient care. And our partnership with the Cherokee Nation provides state-of-the-art eye care to this underserved population within Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And in preparing students to meet the vision care needs of the future, uh, we are recognized for utilizing some of the highest levels of new technology, including laser and uh, minor surgical procedures. And annually, the uh, students, residents, and faculty combined have over 40,000 patient encounters. Oh, wow. Um, so when do your students start um, actually getting into the clinic? Um, around what year? Yeah, they actually begin um, seeing patients independently. Of course, you know, at the end of the exam, uh, and before they dilate, checking in with an attending uh, in the spring semester of their second year. So it's pretty early. Awesome. Um, do they have any opportunities before then to just kind of observe, um, or are they strictly in didactic courses at that time? No, there's certainly opportunities to be in the clinic beforehand. We really want you to get your feet wet in the clinic and you know, keep that in mind as you're going through the didactic portion so you understand how you're going to apply those things later. Awesome. Okay. Um, so roughly by the end of the program, what's the estimated number of patients um, that students get to see? Yeah, it's estimated that a student will see close to 2,000 patient encounters during their entire uh, clinical time at the program. Wow, awesome. Um, and I know you did mention that um, yearly you guys see about 40,000 um, patients in your clinic, which is a um, big number. Um, so what kind of um, um, diseases um, do, your do your students get to see in clinic? Um, what's the patient population like um, in that area? Yeah, uh, Tahlequah is the capital of Cherokee Nation, and therefore most of our patients are Native American. Um, and this is an underserved population that doesn't get a lot of care. So you're going to see a lot of ocular disease. So glaucoma, diabetes, we get a good bit of macular degeneration, a ton of cataracts. I mean, you'll get to experience pre and post-op cataract care, um, doing some laser procedures yourself. So um, a very heavy uh, ocular disease base we have here. Awesome. Um, and just a random question. So you did mention lasers. Um, is Oklahoma one of the states that um, optometrists are allowed to um, do some laser procedures? We are. We're one of the um, most advanced scopes of any state in the U.S. right now. So we have laser procedures, including like SLT, LPI, um, YAG capsulotomies our students get to do. Um, we also have minor surgical procedures like Shalazian excision. Um, and then technically PRK, uh, refractive surgery is also within the scope of practice here um, that we'll uh, get some exposure to, but perhaps not hands-on experience with that one in particular. Awesome. That's great. Um, good to know. Definitely um, for people who are interested in um, the expanded scope of practice um, to consider this program so that, because I know um, not every school um, was going to let you, you know, do laser procedures um, if their state does not allow it. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so a couple more questions about involvement. So um, I know you obviously keep your optometry students pretty busy and they have their hands full for classes <laughs> and clinic, um, but when they're not studying and when they're not in class, um, how are they involved on campus and in the community? Yeah, we have a lot of different uh, student organizations that are very active on the campus here. 
Uh, and those include the uh, Oklahoma Optometric Student Association, and then the AOSA, which is the American Optometric Student Association, and NOSA, which is the National Optometric Student Association. Um, and then uh, we have other like active clubs on campus that are more local, like SBOSH, and we have a practice management club, women in optometry and sports vision club. So if you have an interest in particular sort of specialty in optometry, we probably have a club for that that can uh, get you involved. Awesome. And um, do you guys um, do any like outreach, any um, mission trips? You said for SBOSH. Um, so it has to be through a club or um, is there like a school-wide one? Um, I think most of the uh, service activities are through uh, clubs or organizations. So SBOSH, yes, they typically do a mission trip um, uh, out of the country, although like COVID has kind of put an end to that uh, recently. I'm not sure if they're going this year or not. Right. And then um, NOSA is an international service organization dedicated to increasing the access to eye care for minority and underserved communities. Um, and they also provide opportunities to serve the Tahlequah community and to network with, you know, other optometry students doing service activities. Awesome. Okay. Um, so the next question is kind of a topic that no one likes to talk about. We usually try to avoid it when thinking yeah. about our future in uh, professional school. But, you know, failure is something that no one ever anticipates, but it could happen. Um, and how do you support your students if they're ever in that situation? Yeah, with our uh, very small class size of about 30 students, our uh, student to faculty ratio is three to one, which is pretty small. So students are not like just another number in the crowd. They, the faculty gets to know them on a professional level, but then also on a personal level. And we really want to see our students succeed and we're committed to their success. Um, the faculty during, the, uh, during a course, if they identify that um, a student is struggling with material, you know, maybe at the midterm point or something like that, they will um, reach out to the student, set up a meeting, try to figure out like what, what led to the poor grade to begin with, and then what changes can be made uh, to improve the scores for the final examination. Uh, there are also tutoring services available uh, to help students grasp those more difficult concepts um, from some older uh, students in the program. Awesome, that's great. Um, so speaking of exams, um, there are two big exams, um, actually three, but two written exams that um, okay. students have to take in their third year. Um, so national boards, how do you prepare your students for national boards? Do you have specific courses? Do you host on um, like review weekends? Um, how are students um, prepared to take those exams? Yeah, we have a combination of activities. So um, closer to the boards, we have some faculty members that um, volunteer their time to do some like board specific preparation lectures that are basically just a review of material that has already been taught in the program while um, the, the student was going through courses. And then uh, study preparation times are also included in the clinic schedule to make sure they get time to really prepare for those exams. And then specific classes we have um, geared towards preparation for part two of national boards include systemic therapy and differential diagnosis of ocular disease and trauma. Okay, and that's implemented in the curriculum, correct? Yes, uh-huh, to assist with part two of national boards preparation. Okay, very good. All right, um, so after 
third year, you're done with boards and comes fourth year um, where you have to do your externships. Um, where can students um, extern during their fourth year? Sure, uh, each student uh, participates in an eight week off campus externship and they get to choose from two externship periods, either during the first eight weeks or the last eight weeks of the spring semester of their fourth year. And a variety of externship sites are available and uh, various modalities. So we have some uh, sort of like private optometry practices, some group ophthalmology and optometry practices, institutional sites like VA hospitals, and then uh, some co-management surgical centers as well. Okay, and you said, um the eight week rotation uh, externship is in the spring semester fourth year? Yeah, uh -huh. we just do one. Okay, and then in the fall, um, what are fourth year students um, expect doing in that time? Um, they would be engaged in clinical care uh, at our clinics. Okay, so they'll be doing the in-house rotation in the fall and then, um, Okay, and where are the externship sites, if you um, or if you know? Um, I believe most of them are in Oklahoma or the surrounding states. Gotcha, okay. Um, so that is all the questions about the program. I did wanna ask you just sort of another question. So for someone um, who is um, interested in um, attending Oklahoma College of Optometry, but they're not familiar with the area, um, since you've been there a while, um, can you just give us some of the things that you like to do for fun, some of the recommendations, the must-see places, um, just so someone can get a feel of whether or not you know, they um, would be a great fit um, in Oklahoma? Certainly. Uh, Tahlequah is a small town, but it has uh, many outdoor activities to offer. If you're an active person, there's a lot of hiking. There's a lot of lakes nearby if you'd like to go kayaking or there's like boat rentals. Um, and then Tulsa is the nearest uh, big city and it's about like an hour, 10 minutes drive. And Tulsa has a whole lot to offer if you like nightlife and you know, um, finer uh, eating. I don't know if you have the money to afford it when you're a student, <laughs> but if you want to get a little bit more cultured uh, cuisine, you can definitely do that out in Tulsa. Okay. Um, and then around the school, um, are there any like fun things to do or do you need a car to get around? Um, you do need a car. There's not a whole lot of public transportation. Um, but there are a lot of fun things to do around the school. We have a bowling alley. We do have a movie theater, um, a lot of uh, hiking trails. And they, they have some fairs um, kind of in our downtown park area as well that you could participate in. Awesome. All right. Well, that is all the questions that I have for you. Um, again, Dr. Major, thank you so much um, for being my guest today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. So that is all I have for you guys this week. I hope you enjoyed listening and found it helpful. Make sure to connect with us on Instagram at keepin.it.od. Let me know what kind of episodes you'd like to see next. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate it on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. I'll see you right back here next week with a brand new episode. And as always, we'll be keeping it OD. Thank you guys.